What's going on, guys? It's Jordan, Sid, and Drew back with another episode of Cover 32. Today, we got a pretty different episode coming for you guys. Um, so, today's going to be all about tips and tricks to win your fantasy football league. Now, that's what we're all here for, right? It's to win. So, the three of us compiled a small list of some tips and tricks that we've put together, that we've used um, to win our leagues. We've, we're all won leagues at some point. Um, so we put these together so that we could share a little bit of knowledge with you guys. Uh, before we get started, I want to introduce my cast. Sid, what's good, bro? How you doing? What's going on, everybody? We back. Fantasy's right around the corner. We got about a week and a half left, and football is back, boy. And Drewski, Drewski with the booty. <laughs> <laughs> what it do, baby? We are back, yo. So, all right, we're going to hop straight into this. Um, Drew, your first tips and tr- tip and trick for the listeners, what you got? So, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts um, and noticing as the summer has gone on that there is actually a lot of sleeper options um, at the tight end position. Now, when you think of a sleeper tight end, that's really not that exciting because you can only start one tight end in most leagues. Um, but what I've seen or heard from a lot of um, a lot of listeners, a lot of just listen to, listening to other uh, fantasy shows, is that people are starting to reach uh, for tight ends once they miss uh, Kittle and, and Travis Kelsey. So Kittle and Travis Kelsey are both um, – fringe not even fringe they they can both go in the second round of most drafts most leagues doesn't really matter the setting uh the settings of the league I should say um but I feel like after that a lot of guys are are thinking like oh crap the two best guys are gone let me grab Mark Andrews or let me grab uh Zach Ertz in this next round because I don't want to I don't want to not have a a top end tight end when I think of the tight end position, of course, you got to have um, somebody that you trust and that you can literally just put in there every single week and continue on with your uh, with your team and with your roster because that's only one spot that you have to fill. But at the same time, there's guys later in the draft for tight ends that you can get and will and have the upside of finishing three, four, five, six, seven because – Kittle and and Kelsey are for the past three seasons have finished one and two. They're just back or two seasons, I should say, for Kittle. But Kelsey is always in one or two, and now Kittle is in that conversation as well as just them two just flip flopping. I don't really see that changing this year. And like I said, they're going in the second round, and there is so much value in rounds three through seven at different positions other than tight end that you do not need to reach to go get a Mark Andrews or a Darren Waller. I'm not, or Zach Ertz. I'm not saying don't draft these guys in rounds three through seven because they will be gone. So if you're, depending on how your team looks, if you have uh, two receivers and a running back already and you're kind of waiting on a quarterback and you want to just fill that tight end spot, and is that a good value for you? Go ahead and do that. But don't panic if you don't get 
Kittle, Kelsey, and to some extent, uh, Mark Andrews, because there's a lot of guys after those first two guys, it, anything is possible with the tight end position. There's there's rookies that usually don't tight ends don't really break out in their rookie season. It takes them a couple seasons to get going. Um, and there's guys that are in their second or third year whose opportunity have opened up. So guys like uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, guys like um, Blake Jarwin, of course, you know, I'm going to say Blake Jarwin. Shout out to the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's a, a lot of guys that have somewhat of, of breakout potential. So don't panic if you don't get one of those top uh, tight end options because there's guys that are going to be solid and have extreme upside when it comes to a top uh, 10 or 12 tight end. And that's really all you need is for your guy to be, um, you know, in that same range of a starting tight end, because it's, yes, it's a very hard position to get to, to hit on, but don't panic if you don't get Kittle or, or Kelsey. It's not, it's not the end of the world for your draft. I like that. Um, You know, me personally, I've never been the type to I never go after those tier one tight ends. I don't know. Like, for me personally, they tend to mess my the rest of my draft up. Yep. So that's actually a really good tip because there's, like you said, there's so much value later on in the rounds at tight end. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with that tip a lot. Sid, what you got for the people? What's going on, everybody? Uh, my first tip of the day, we're going to talk about Everyone knows what ADP is, but we're going to talk about ADPT, Average Draft Position Trap, all right? So listen, listen up. So as we know, when you're in your draft, you prepared, you did your mock drafts, you typically know who you're going with in the first few rounds, right? Maybe one through three, one through four, you got the people you want. You got the backups, and then you got the backup backups. But once you start getting into that mid-tier you know, rounds four, five, six, seven, it gets a little murky because everything starts changing. And you know what? This is when people start panicking and it can happen earlier than the these rounds. It could happen in round three. So what I want to tell the people to help you win is just don't look at ADP. All right. We know we got, you got your cheat sheets. You got the ADP sheets. It's not the written commandments, all right? So you don't have to, if you got a guy that you got your your eye on, even if it's not uh, direct, like let's let's take Le'Veon Bell, for example, because he's going to be a hot commodity this, this year. He's going to go in a lot of different rounds and a lot of different drafts. His current ADP is 3.6, okay? So third round, six pick. For instance, let's say you got, in the third round, your pick is number, I'll say, second pick, third round. Now you built your team. You got a couple. You got a couple good uh, first couple good players, and you're wondering at this point. Clock is ticking down. You're in the last thirty seconds, and you're like, you're looking at the ADP. I shouldn't. Are you reaching for Levy? Should you wait? Is he going to be around for round four? Don't panic. If Le'Veon Bell makes sense in the third round for you at the second pick, take them. Don't look at the ADP anymore. Build your team accordingly, all right? Now, on the other hand, maybe there's somebody that you feel has more value at that second pick in the third round, but ADP is telling you Le'Veon Bell is ahead of him. Again, 
do not go by the ADP. You have to build your team strategically to fit your style of play. So what I want to tell you guys is ADP is just like like it is average draft position. It's not written in stone. You can there's plenty of different strategies. Just do your thing. If you believe in that player, grab them up. All right. All right. I like it. Um, ADP, like like Sid was saying, is like it's really fluid. So, like Sid was saying, like don't get too too um, harped on. Oh, I can't pick this guy up. It's too early. Or oh, this guy's here late. Let me grab him. Um, it, it definitely it, it's fluid. So it doesn't really mean that that's got to be the decision that you make. So I definitely like that, Sid. Um, so one of my tricks that I want to share is a strategy that's been, sh- that's been going on a while, a couple of few years now, probably about the last seven, eight years in the fantasy world. It's called zero RB. So for those of you who don't know what zero RB strat is, is basically you do not pick up a running back until the sixth round, which that sounds crazy, but what you're doing is you're balancing off what you're losing at running back by stacking up on top tier receivers, tight ends, maybe even if going for a quarterback. Um this year is actually it's not so zero zero running back is not a very popular strat because technic ten you tend to not really win with that strat. But this is the first year in a long time that you might be able to pull it off because of how deep the wide receiver class is this year. So what it would potentially look like, say you have the the 12 pick. At the 12 with the 12 pick, you got that you got the back-to-back pick at the 1 and 2. So you could do something like say uh Tyreek. Tyreek is still there. You go Tyreek and you go George Kittle. Then you so now you have 36 and 37. At that point, you can go something like uh, Juju and uh, maybe Robert Woods. Try to get a little bit of safety to counteract the boom or bust factor that Tyreek has. So now you have Tyreek, Juju, and Robert Woods as your starting receivers, which is pretty nasty and safe. You also have George Kittle locking up your tight end spot. And going into the fifth and sixth round, now at the fifth pick, you can maybe go ahead and get your quarterback now. Say in a, in a half PPR league, maybe you're able to get your hands on someone like a Matt Ryan or a Carson Wentz, um, somebody like that. Now, where you have where it changes, so now at six, now you got to start getting your running backs, and you want to go on a spree. So you want to get somebody like. You know, who's who's going to be there at six? You might be able to get your hands on maybe like a Mark Ingram. And then maybe somebody like Melvin Gordon or David Johnson slides all the way down there. Grab one of them. Those are your two running backs. From there, for probably I'd say for the next three, maybe even four picks, you want to stack up that your running back spot with not just league winners, but handcuffs also. Because think about it. Say you go and you get those two running backs. You come around, you pick up a Ronald Jones, and you grab yourself maybe like a James White, right? 
You also want to add someone like Latavius Murray, Tony Pollard, um, Chase Edmonds, guys who are considered league winners. Because if any of if uh, Zeke is to go down, Tony Pollard is an automatic RB one with top five potential. So guess what? Now you have a superior wide receiver. Uh, you're superior at wide receiver. You also have an all-star at tight end. You have a great quarterback in someone like Matt Ryan. And now all of a sudden you have an RB1 in Tony Pollard. Your your team is stacked. Um, but the problem with our zero RB is it, you have a very high chance of not hitting on these running backs. And that's why they're going so late. Um, so it's definitely something that if that's, kind of, you know, something like more your style, then you definitely could try something like that out. Um, but it's not like a disclaimer. I am not saying you are going to win your league with this, <laughs> with this strat, but it might help you out of a bind. If you saw, you know, a crazy run, there's no running backs left and you don't want to waste your first pick on someone like, I don't know, uh, Nick Chubb and you don't feel comfortable with that then maybe start going receiver heavy um so yeah that's zero rb drew you got something else for the people yeah i um i'm gonna hit on the the bye weeks um for for fantasy football so it bye weeks are very important um and they, they put them on a lot of, if you do like an offline draft they'll it's like a in a bonus if the whatever company you ordered your board for puts the bye week next to their next to the player cards like that's that's dope like i need to know when the bye weeks are but for me the only thing that that bye week uh label does is tells me when i'm drafting how many guys are i'm going to be out on a given week that doesn't make me draft differently so basically what i'm saying is if you're going into your draft or even if you're in midseason, you're looking at your team right now. You're looking to trade for somebody. Almost completely ignore bye weeks at this point, unless it's a quarterback, because you can, in most standard leagues, you can only start one of those or a tight end. But don't put too much emphasis on, oh, I have three guys that are all on the same bye week. Because what you could be missing out on, uh, thinking about that, that bye week or whatever week you're probably panicking and thinking, oh no, well, that week, week eight, I have this guy, this guy, and the other out. What am I going to do? Well, that's when you take into account who you have on your bench and you can fill in. And if it's some of your, uh, your top three picks and you lose, that sucks. But that's one week out of the whole entire season. And bye weeks really don't come into that much of a factor when you get into the fantasy playoffs. So bye weeks are only going to really hinder your your thought process when you're drafting and when you're trying to make trades in the league because you're looking at that little number like, oh, I, well, he's not going to be playing that week. You're, you're planning out way too far ahead and not thinking about the actual talent that you have on your team. So I, I'd be comfortable sacrificing the what if um, when it comes to somebody on their bye week, like if you if you lose that week, you lose that week and you're anticipating that. But that's only one week. It might be one or two. And the flip side of that is you could win if you have a good enough bench. So bye weeks, a lot of guys put 
emphasis on this and it, it, it scares them when they're trying to make trades and stuff like that. I don't think about it. I've been playing fantasy football for a while and I used to get freaked out when I saw I had three guys on a bye week and I was like, oh man, there's another guy on my bench who also has the same bye week. And then I would like draft different or try to trade him because I'm anticipating week seven, I'm going to lose. So let me try to trade these guys. so I don't have the same bye week. That's a dumb way to manage your team. Just go with the flow and let it happen. If you have to fill in the gaps or whatever, for whatever week you have multiple uh, guys out, just, just roll with it. That sacrificing one, uh, one week where you have to be an actual little bit of a manager more than most weeks is not going to kill your fantasy season. Just keep rolling with the punches. Ignore bye weeks. Yeah, I completely agree with that because, you know, like I remember one year I did the same thing. I drafted, didn't take a look at bye weeks at all. And I remember I had five guys all go out <laughs> on the same bye week. Didn't plan for it at all. It actually ended up being nice because it's like, all right. I might lose this week, but now I got five guys. Like my, I'm done with my bye weeks, yep. and so I got these five guys available to me for the rest of the year. Yep. You know, you, don't, you now the bye week game of managing during the season, you're done. So yeah, I agree. Like, don't put too much too much thought into it. Get the talent and worry about everything else later. Uh, Sid, got something else? Yes, sir. We're on to the rookie radar. Rookies that you need to have if you want to win this year. Or for the future. So I'm going to start with the obvious. Uh, CH, uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's going in first rounds, and honestly, he deserves to. He's joining the best team uh, in football uh, with the most explosive quarterback and one of the best uh, head coaches in the game with Andy Reid there. Take him in the first round, early second. He deserves it. I think he pretty much speaks for himself. Uh, next, we got Jonathan Taylor. Now, Jonathan Taylor is a rookie on the Colts. He's big, he's strong, and he can catch the football. However, he is going to a murky backfield. You got uh, Naheem Hines, and you also have Marlon Mack. All three can catch the football. Now, with Marlon Mack's injury history and Hines' inability to run between the tackles, eventually... Jonathan Taylor will be the number one starter. I don't know if I would start him week one, but I would definitely, if it made sense, I would draft him and he will be on my bench. And you just wait, wait it out. See what happens. See how that backfield plays out. See how Phillip Rivers uh, meshes with the new Colts offense. But that's definitely a rookie to keep your eye on. Uh, next, the Rams, Cam Akers. Uh, Honestly, I think he's a must-have this year. Uh, if you know, if, you, if you've been up on the training camps, Darrell Henderson is, has missed most of camp. So at the helm is going to be Cam Akers along with Malcolm Brown. Uh, if I had to gamble, I think Cam Akers wins that every single time. Uh, he's fresh. Uh, that offense is in dire need of a playmaker especially at running back position, because as you see, they have not been the same offense since they lost Todd Gurley. So the reason why they they drafted Cam Akers is to make that change. So definitely keep your eyes on him. We also have J.K. Dobbins to the Baltimore Ravens. 
another backfield that you need to keep your eye on. Lamar Jackson, obviously, is the number one running back on that team. Uh, Mark Ingram is the bona fide starter. However, injuries happen, things happen. He's another fresh back to keep your eyes on. If you could stash him late, that I mean, that's just better for your team. Uh, also, Buffalo Bills, Zach Moss. Uh, the Bills are trying to take this offense to the next level. He's another one who I wouldn't start week one. Devin Singletary, I think, is still going to start. But Devin Singletary also has a rough injury history. And Zach Moss is going to be right there waiting for his time to shine. And then uh, for the running backs, the last one I'm going to touch on is Keyshawn Vaughn, Tampa Bay. Uh, If you know anything about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that backfield went back and forth, back and forth. Ronald Jones, then it was, uh, I forget the other starter, um, something with a P. But it kept going back and forth. So, obviously, I think Ronald Jones is another one who will start. He's getting all the reps with the starters at camp. However, I would not be surprised if Keyshawn Vaughn uh, muddled his way in there for um, RB one, one and a half, something like that. Uh, Raw receivers, C.D. Lamb is making noise at camp. Everyone's talking about him. They're excited about him. New head coach. Dallas is, their backs are against the wall. I mean, they just, they're coming off a disappointing season. They went heavy for this man. And I think that uh, C.D. Lamb is probably going to be, production-wise, the second if not the first on that Dallas Cowboy offense, maybe him and uh, between him and Amari Cooper, um, he's a must-have. The Broncos, uh, Jerry Judy, I'm a believer in Drew Locke. If you heard me on the podcast before, if you haven't, you will hear it. I am a big believer in that Broncos offense and a big believer in Drew Locke, and they just gave him one of the best weapons in this rookie class. I would not um I would not be surprised to see this man make big splashes this year. Uh next we have Henry Ruggs, this Drew's favorite receiver coming out the draft. Yes, sir. Uh for the um the rate a struggling Raiders with uh, a pissed off Derek Carr. Very motivated. I've said that before. I think he's gonna make noise. Definitely another bench stash. Not maybe not a, your week one starter. Maybe a flex, but definitely stash him. Uh, another one to really keep your eye on, and this is one of my sleepers, is Jalen Rager from the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly zone, Jordan's Philly Eagles. Mm-hmm. They got no one, all right? Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> this The target's got to go somewhere. I think Carson Wentz is going to be on a revenge tour this year. He's got to prove a lot of people wrong. They think that this man is uh, just handicapped. But I think that with a fresh Carson Wentz, other than Zach Ertz, I mean, I think these targets are going to be all the. I I think he's probably one of the safest sleepers in this uh, 2020 draft. I would definitely, um, if he's not on your sleeper radar, put him up there. Um, Another one I wanted to touch on is Justin Jefferson uh, from LSU straight to Minnesota. 
He's paired up with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. But with the exit of Stefan Diggs, I think now that there's a less complicated locker room, there's no, as much as I love Diggs, he was an eagle for that team. So I think this offense runs a lot smoother. I think Justin Jefferson um, plays a lot of snaps this year offensively. I think he's definitely another rookie that I would definitely keep my eye on if you can st- you can stash this man very very late in any draft. Um, Brandon Ayuk from San Fran. I'm not sure on the updates of Debo Samuel, but I know another person that's been making some splashes in camp is Brandon Ayuk. He had a minor hamstring injury, so that's something to watch for. But honestly, that honestly might help you because that means he'll be will be going later. So that's someone you can stash. And then maybe week two, week three, he just makes a breakout. And that's all she wrote. You got to start in wide receiver one on your team. And the last one, actually, that was the last one. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just just to recap, these are the the um, running backs and wide receivers to look for. We got CEH, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers. J.K. Dobbins, Zach Moss, Keyshawn Vaughn, and wide receivers, we got C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, and my boy Justin Jefferson, and Brandon Ayuk. All right. So, rookies. Yo, rookies can win your draft because there's so much that's not known about them. I mean, think about the guy who picked up, I don't know, Dalvin Cook year one, even though he got hurt. You know, halfway through the year, no one was expecting Dalvin Cook to make waves like that. Like, you know, so all these guys hold a ton of potential. So that's definitely want to get some some guys like that on your squad. Um, my my next tip is to not follow a run. What do I mean? So a run during a draft is I go up and I pick. Patrick Mahomes in the third round. All of a sudden, the rest of my league makes, they say, oh, shoot, quarterback off the board. That's right. I got to go get me one. So their next pick, Lamar Jackson. Pick after that, Dak Prescott. So a run is when there's a run of one position that comes off the board. And it tends to happen in all of your home leagues because uh, some people draft scared, you know, so they want to get the, they want to get their guy, and they're afraid that if a run happens, that their guy's going to get caught up in it. Um, so my tip to you is: do not be afraid of the run, and do not join the run. Um, but you got to play it smart at the same time. If you see there's a quarterback run that's happening in the third round, and the third is very early for a quarterback run. Don't feel pressured to go and get your guy at that spot. What's nice is when there's a quarterback run, for example, that means there's a ton of guys that aren't picking up wide receivers. So go ahead and you can stack up on the wide receivers that they're not drafting. And then you try to make do after the run has calmed down. You know, and so get used to, you know, get well acquainted with a lot of the late round guys in all of the positions, because you never know. You might have to be patient and rely on a Gardner Minshew and a Daniel Jones, you know, as some of your quarterbacks. But if that meant that it afforded you to get a Tyreek Hill, uh, Juju and Robert Woods, 
that might end up being worth it. Um, so, you know, don't like it kind of goes hand in hand with what Sid's point earlier was, was don't get too afraid of ADP. Same thing. Don't let uh, the run scare you off into drafting smart. Always keep your, your head on your shoulders, your feet underneath you, and you'll end up coming out of that draft with a ton of talent as long as you just keep calm and get the guys that you know are worth it. Uh, Drew, what's up, brother? So I got another uh, positional tip. Um, and for this year specifically, uh, it's drafting multiple quarterbacks. Now for uh, standard leagues, um, you just start one quarterback. Um, and then usually towards the end of your draft, you draft a backup for for the, uh, your starter's uh, bye week. That's usually all you have to use it for. Uh, of course, other than an injury. Um, and then in Superflex, sometimes Superflex or, or two QBs, uh, you grab those two guys and then you can stash one or two of them. Um, this year, because of what we got going on with the pandemic and because of how deep, which is more of my point, is how deep the quarterback position is this season, um, I would sacrifice another one of my bench spots just to put another quarterback there because if one of these guys goes down on some type of pandemic list or if one of these guys goes down um being injured anybody pretty much in this quarterback um waiver wire or your free agency will be able to I wouldn't say match your starting quarterback but will be able to get you by until you can make a trade until that guy comes back um until you can until you can figure it out, you can win with a lot of these guys in the later um, later rounds of drafts that are getting overlooked. So for a standard league, um, you know, a lot of guys aren't going to be drafting uh, Joe Burrow. And if they are, he's going to be on their bench. But there's tons of play. There's Gardner Minshew out there. There's, um, you know, even I know it's it. I know you don't like Tyrod Taylor that much, but <laughs> he is definitely one of those guys that if you had to plug him in into into an offense when your starter goes down, he's not going to be terrible for you. He's also not going to be great, but you can get by with a Tyrod Taylor. You can Better get by nothing, exactly. You can get by with a guy like Sam Darnold on most weeks. But just I'm not trying to give like a fantasy spin on these garbage quarterbacks, but just saying that if you have a guy or two like that on your bench, just because of how deep the quarterback position is, you won't really need to, uh, again, panic on the, on the position, just stash an extra one. If one of those guys goes down, especially in super flex, if one of those guys goes down, you probably want a quarterback in your super flex or two, uh, two QB league, two QB league spot. Um, so you can throw one of those guys right in and the position is so deep. You're not really going to miss a beat on that. Yeah. Uh, Sid, what's up, bro? You got anything else, yo? Yes, sir. You got something for the people? I got probably one of the most important tips, especially in the 2020 season. Um, before it's it's the handcuff. Now, before handcuffing was more of like a, you know, if you want to, you could, or if you like doing that, if that's part of your personal strategy. It's whatever. A lot of people don't like to do it because it takes up an extra bench spot or whatever. I'm going to tell you this year, it is a necessity. It's not a choice. It's not a it's a priority. It's something that needs to be developed into your draft strategy immediately. 
And if you already have drafted, you need to check your roster and see who is the next man up. Now, right now, I'm going to give you the top five handcuffs. And I'm going to start with number five being Chase Edmonds from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he, If you draft Kenyon Drake, he's the bona fide starter. You don't have anything to worry about unless we already have to deal with suspensions, especially for things like drug abuse or whatever, uh, fighting, anything off the field issues, uh, injuries. Well, now it got a little bit deeper with COVID. So I think, um, don't quote me, but I think a player who is exposed to COVID has to miss at least two weeks. And uh, I'm sorry, correction, three weeks. So that's three fantasy weeks that you're going to be without King and Drake, who you probably took in the late first, early second round. So... Chase Edmonds, you're barely missing the beat if you have him as your uh, your next man up in that roster. He's a must. If you draft King and Drake, I better see Chase Edmonds <laughs> at the end of your roster that day. Um, next, we got Latavius Murray. If you know anything about Mr. Murray, that man can run the football. Uh, he actually takes carries with even uh, Alvin Kamara being the bona fide starter, but he has the durability to run the workload for weeks. So if Alvin Kamara, who has suffered injury uh, in the last couple of seasons, does go down, whether it's for COVID or a nagging injury from last year, you can start Latavius Murray as your RB1 or 2 with supreme confidence, especially now this is going to be a second or third year in that offense. He's going to have Drew Brees at that helm. He is the number one um, man in that red zone. They're going to pound the ball with Latavius Murray. Uh, number three, which is personally my favorite handcuff, is Alexander Madison from the Vikings. You're going to take Dalvin Cook in the first round. I mean, at best, second. If, if your draft board is just horrible. <laughs> but if you're taking a Dalvin Cook who's... This man got every problem you could think of. Contract, <laughs> um, injury history, and then you just add you throw COVID into that thing, and you got you, you're kind of worried when you when you're taking a Dalvin Cook with that much draft capital. I mean, in most most drafts he's going four, five, six, seven, one of those. So you want to be you want to have that payment sealed. You want to feel good that you'll be protected if something happens. And Alexander Madison, he's another one where you're just not going to feel the loss of Dalvin Cook should he go out. Number two, um, J.K. Dobbins. And the only reason he's at number two is how run-heavy the Baltimore Ravens are. Okay, that's it. And I think, if you heard me in the earlier podcast, I think Lamar Jackson regresses a little bit in the running. Not because he can't. But I think because the offense is going to find more ways to protect him and they're going to start handing the ball off more to uh, the running backs. And if Mark Ingram goes out, J.K. Dobbins is in. And again, you can feel safe with that man um, on your roster, especially when Mark Ingram out. 
And the number one, uh, my boy Drewski, you already know who I'm, I'm about to say. Cheesing. You're taking Zeke at number two, three, four. Guess what? I better see Tony Pollard <laughs> at the bottom of that roster. Um, he's going into a win-now team, uh, win-now roster. If Zeke goes out, and you know Zeke. Zeke done hit <laughs> Tiffany Thompson a couple times. <laughs> He done uh, went to some COVID parties with Dak. <laughs> so if my man goes out, Tony Pollard is in and you can feel confident. Now, that's the top five. But that does not mean if you draft another running back that was not in this top five, not to handcuff him. I mean, you got the James Connors with the Benny Snells, the Giovanni Bernards and the Joe Mixons. Whoever you get. Whoever your running backs is, especially running backs, because they seem to get suspended the most. And then now you got COVID and injured the most as well. Get the handcuff for that man. Uh, another good one, Josh Jacobs and DeAndre uh, Washington. Get the handcuff. I promise you, you will sleep better at night. That's right. Handcuffs are king this season. They will. Yo, I guarantee you. There's gonna become there's gonna be a crazy moment this season where there's gonna be a handcuff that will win leagues for dudes. Uh, so Sid's definitely right. Yeah, Yo, you know what's funny about this handcuff thing? R- real quick before we move on. What's that? Um, do any of you guys just real quick? Can you name off the top of your head Derrick Henry's uh, backup? Brian Tannehill. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what's funny about that? I couldn't either. So why are you saying that? I looked it up. And it's something by the name of Darrington Evans. Wow. And he's questionable already. <laughs> so, like, what in the world is going on? So, what I was thinking, I was like, yeah, of course you would probably think, yeah, let me get Derrick Henry. But if he goes out, what do you do? The Titans just not going to run the ball. No. It's just like, they're just going to rely on yeah, throwing. That's like, one where I can understand if he didn't have whoever like, he just mentioned. Yeah, there. oh, Derrick Henry's out? Okay, well, I guess we're, the rest of the season just a wash. <laughs> Let's just throw the ball around. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I was like, who in the world is their backup running back? That's actually good. <laughs> yo, I never even thought about that. Yo, I don't know why. I kept thinking it was still, uh, what Deion was Lewis. Deion Lewis. Yeah, nah, he's not even what? on the depth chart. Yeah. Right? Oh, where did he go? He's quite gone. He, I think he's, he might be done. Mm, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> sucks to suck. <laughs> All right. So my, my final tip that I have um, – so it's not really more, it's, it's a little bit of a tip, but more of a statement. And it's this year, wide receivers are extremely heavy in rounds three through six. And when we, I'm talking very heavy. So like a list of some guys that you can get in round three that are, that hold wide receiver one potential. A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen. O- OBJ, like OBJ is still a top five receiver. Um, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore has opportunity out at the Wazoo this season. Juju has Juju. opportunity out the Wazoo. And Calvin Ridley is going to be this season's Chris Godwin. Facts. These are guys that are going in the third round. So previously, one of my talking points was the zero RB strategy. To couple with that is... The reason why it's viable this season is because you are getting such great talent at three and four. So, you know, you don't have if you say you don't like the zero RB strategy, which most of us don't, because I'm telling you right now, you're not going to win your league. But 
it's out there. What a lot of us like, and I know Drew's particularly a fan of, is going running back heavy within the first two rounds. So say you got maybe like a mid-round pick, and you're able to get your hands on like Derrick Henry, come around in number at the second round, and you're able to get your hands on Josh Jacobs. Cool. You are solid at running back right now. you got two workhorses. How happy would you be if you were able to put together uh, a wide receiver core like A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, and OBJ. <laughs> so you have the the boomer bust of A.J. Brown. You have the consistency of Adam Thielen. And you have the top five potential of OBJ. And you can all of that is waiting for you in the third round. You know, you have guys like Robert Woods, who is bound to see tons of positive regression this season. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Terry McLaurin are going in like the late fourth, early fifth round. These guys have are hit wide receiver in one numbers a lot last season. DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, Cortland Sutton, Devontae Parker, somebody that I spoke a lot about already. Devontae Parker, I think, is has massive opportunity ahead in front of him, and he's a fifth, sixth round receiver. So my point is. If you want to take, you know, go running back heavy, go for it. Because this is the season where you can make up for your receivers in these later rounds. If you want to go zero RB, you can create a super squad between receivers because of how strong it is from three through six. Um, you know, so that what's nice about it is it, it offers you a little bit of flexibility. Who knows? Maybe you go crazy and get yourself a quarterback in the second round. Um, but this season is, I, I'm having a lot more fun with this season because of how deep rounds three through six is, uh, at a uh, receiver. Um, anybody got anything else? Yeah. I want to add to that. Just wanted to add to what Jordan said. If you're, uh, in the 12 team league or even a 10 team league, and maybe you're in a later pick in that league and you don't like the wide receiver situation, like maybe you don't want a D hop at, 10, 11, 12, definitely like what Jordan was just bringing out, take your RBs, get them out the way because the why, like I'm just looking at the death chart right now and it is actually ridiculous. Like I would honestly feel comfortable um, taking my wide receivers in the fourth, fifth round. I mean, that's literally how deep it is. So do not sit there and think that you have to go, uh, the great wide receivers in round one, early two, because I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of WR ones all throughout three through six. Drewski, I think you got one more. I got one more. One more for the people. <laughs> Bring them on. I got one more in me. One time for the one time. One time. Uh -huh. My last but certainly not least uh, important tip is to know your league. Now, that... It, as a statement, sounds kind of, kind of broad. Um, to say like Drew, know your league. Really, what does that mean? <laughs> well, now what I'm saying when I say know your league is, go look at the settings. Go look at the scoring settings. Go look look at the roster settings more in depth before you draft, or even if you already drafted. And also know, um, it's kind of tough to do if this is your first year playing with a new group of guys. But if you know how managers are. Make sure you know their tendencies in the draft. Make sure you know 
who's more uh, liable to make uh, crazy pickups, who, who's like who's a quick draw on the on the waiver wire, who doesn't like to trade, who likes to trade, uh, who's going to reach in the draft if you haven't drafted yet. If you know this type of stuff, it just sets up your draft strategy and your in-season managing um, into a better trajectory because it's hard to do, like I just said, if you're going into, like if it's like a random draft that you just joined on a website or you just got... Uh, you're just replacing somebody in another league that you never played with any of these guys. But if it's one of your like your, your homegrown leagues, like we have one of those that all three of us are in, and we pretty much know what each manager's tendencies are when it comes to the draft and when it comes to um, in season. For example, like Mark, who's been on the show before, he always has like his guy that he just and he no matter what will try to get his guy and he also likes taking defenses in the eighth round so, <laughs> but it's like knowing stuff like that is not going to win you the league or anything like that it's not a, a league winning tip but it'll definitely make you go further if you know who you're playing with uh who likes what players who's a fan of what teams because you could use that to your advantage in season when you're trying to make trades um, you know, looking at, at guys' rosters before they even start to make trades and stuff like that. So you know what they've had, who's on their bench, who's doing what. If you're that involved in looking into the, the managers and, and everybody's tendencies in the league, and especially the, the scoring settings as well, you'll know who to target when you're looking for a trade. Like, oh, this guy, this running back catches way more than this guy that I'm trying to trade for, so maybe I'll maybe I'll keep him. Just little little stuff like that as you're going through the season will help. It's not so much of a, a player profile type of um, tip or something to watch out for, but more so of what so what is surrounding you um, as a manager so that you can make your team better um, for on the lo- in the long run. And that's actually a great tip because a lot of people don't think that that's a factor in playing fantasy football. But like in our league, we are extremely competitive, you know, and it's to the point where we know each other's moves, who we're like, you know, when it comes when there's somebody that's worth something on the waiver wire, I already know who put in bids for (laughs) it, you know. So um, definitely knowing your league definitely can help you. Um, So I definitely agree with that. Well, folks, that is all the tips that we have for you guys today. Obviously, there are tons more. If you want them. You're going to have to keep tuning in because we're going to be spreading knowledge like this all throughout the NFL season this year. Um, We're getting we're ramping up real quick to the NFL season and a lot of content is going to be coming out in bunches. Um, We're constantly upgrading our softwares. We're constantly upgrading everything about Cover 32. Even our staff, with our boy Sid finally joining us. Yes, sir. Um, so we're, we're, we're growing, and we're excited for this journey, and we're excited to have you guys along with us because without you guys, Cover 32 is Cover Zero. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but in all seriousness, thank you guys so much for listening in today. Uh, this one was a little bit shorter of, of an episode, but we want to make sure that we're getting these tips out to you guys because we know people are starting their drafts now. Uh, so we want to make sure that we're trying to we are able to help prepare you guys as best as possible. Uh, coming up next is the much anticipated Q&A episode. Uh, we received some questions from uh, some of our listeners, you guys. We received some questions, you know, um, and I've heard a couple of these questions and they're going to be I'm excited, truly, truly excited to get into them because they're not as straightforward as you think. 
Um, so we're going to have some fun with that next episode. Uh, and then after that, I think we're running straight into the season. Yeah. Is so. that, is that, that's it, Drew? Yeah, that's, Damn. that's it. Unless we can think of something else, but for right now, well, we're going right to the season. Maybe we'll throw a, a fantasy impact at you guys. Yeah, maybe. Something like that. But, so yeah, we're coming up to our last episode uh, before the regular season starts, and uh, I can't be more excited. So, thank you so much for listening today. I've been Jordan. We've had Sid. We've had Drew. Thank you so much for listening to Cover 32. Peace. Bye-bye.